Sandy Clough and Sean Trotar. Weekdays at 2 on Mile High Sports. It is Thursday, which means a week from tomorrow. A bunch of Bron- lucky Broncos fans, 7,000 to be precise, who are ticketed. We'll be able to watch the practice for the first time. We're, we're a, a week and a day away. Pretty remarkable uh, times, obviously, for the for the Broncos, who, we, as we've been talking about it all week, Sandy, the coaching change is probably, is well, not even probably, it is the most significant change in what it can do with Russell Wilson. But I think it, it's interesting to look as we get into this season, and, and we've talked about, uh, we've looked around at, at, at some surveys, whether it's with The Athletic, whether it's ESPN, where they talked to a lot of people from uh, the NFL world on where they felt the talent level roughly for the Broncos were when we're talking about uh, folks in the ESPN side that were top 10 players at their position in the league. The Broncos uh, had basically three and, and one honorable mention, basically, or also receiving votes. Uh, of course, they would they would be uh, first and foremost, Pat Sutan, who was considered the the top corner. Uh, Justin Simmons, who at ESPN was considered three, but even everyone agreed, like, eh, make it Fitzpatrick, Derwin James, Justin Simmons, take your pick. You'll be really happy with any of those yeah, three. Yeah, and in fairness, it was the same way with Sertan. You could take any one of yeah, five cornerbacks and argue that they're number you one. Take, you certainly yeah, could take Sauce take, Gardner. Yeah, you could take Jalen Who, Randy. frankly, had a better year than Sertan so did from those. start to but finish. But certainly guys that are, that are top. Those are top-tier players. Uh, Javante Williams managed to get uh, votes despite the fact we don't even know when he's going to be able to play. That right. shows what the league feels about Javante Williams. And, and they, the absence of running backs because Dalvin Cook is rated eighth. And right. he hasn't signed with any he, team. Yeah, he's, not, he's still sitting out there. Uh, Josh Jacobs is, is still uh, waiting he's for He's a top ten running tag. back. And Saquon Barkley's a top Neither of those guys ten running back. Top five running back, really. And they have not those signed have expired. their franchise. The only other Bronco to, that even received a vote in that ESPN survey was Quinn Miners. Right. <laughs> And that's, he might have gotten one vote as an yeah. interior offensive lineman, which encompasses center uh, but and no, guard. The, Russell Wilson, but, by the way, in that same survey, uh, they, they had their top well, ten. There were nine other players receiving votes. Russell Wilson was not one of them, so that shows well, that at the best. Remember, they had honorable mention in there, yeah. too, so it's actually well, worse. Well, yes, honorable mention. Well, that's what it was. It was it's actually 19 worse. 19 in total with honorable mention and receiving votes. So, at best, they had Russell Wilson as the 20th quarterback in the league. So, there's a couple ways to look at this. The Broncos, we looked at some of the possibilities yesterday. And if you missed any part of the program, by the way, you can always go to the My Life Sports app and you can catch yesterday's shows or any of the shows in the past and catch up. The idea that certain players are going to have to step up. You're going to need Pat Sertan or Justin Simmons to play like top 10 guys. Uh, if and when Javante Williams gets back, you're going to need him to play like a top 10 guy. You're going to need a bunch of players to play above what at least the league thinks they are. And you can't afford very many people to underachieve if you're going to be a contender for a wild card spot. I, I don't even know how you tell if somebody is underachieving, to be honest, in, in relation to how they played last <laughs> year. I mean, you could tell with Simmons and Satan. Uh, I don't know of anybody else even on defense who's, who's to say what underachievement would be. Fewer tackles for Alex Singleton. I didn't think his tackles were all that impactful last year. I mean, you could make... All the tackles in the world, six or seven yards down the field, he's he's great at that. How many tackles for losses did he have? Almost none. Uh, Josie Jewell, same thing. They're two down players. They're not even three down players. How many three down players do they really have on defense? They have Simmons and they have Sertan. Uh, uh, I, I think Mathis is promising, but he's not played for a single full year yet and is sort of, I suppose, 
penciled in as a starter. Well, I, I think but he's more than it's penciled. not in ink, uh, for I, sure. And I like him a lot, I but I don't ink. think I don't think it's an ink. Nobody around the Broncos says it's an ink. They say it's an open competition between and whom? Riley Moss and uh, perhaps a number of others and uh, Damari Mathis. I think Mathis will be the starter. I'm not saying he won't be on opening day, but if there's no competition for Damari Mathis, as much as I like him, then maybe the cornerback position isn't as strong as I think it is. And, and that's if that's really true. And the other thing about the opposite safety, you have a 35-year-old Kareem Jackson who was a shell of himself last year as a player. They bring him back on a one-year deal. I understand he's good in the room. Uh, but uh, Caden Stearns, I think, is one of these players who's got to show that he can stay yep. healthy for a full year, first oh, of I all. I agree with that. Because that was a problem at Texas, and it certainly was a problem last year. He played five games. He had a hip injury. Played five games out of 17. Year before, had a pretty good year. Showed some promise. Yeah. But that, again, was two years ago. And four years ago, Cortland Sutton showed some promise and has not been seen nor heard from since. At least as any as kind player. of impactful player. Not, no, not at all. I mean, how many teams would start Cortland Sutton right now at wide receiver? And I'm talking about two, I suppose. If, if you're talking about three starting wide receivers, he might make some team a decent third receiver. But guys who catch 60 passes a year for 800 yards grow on trees, as we've said. And so I, I would look at Stearns. Uh, I would look at K.J. Hamler. Uh, I would look at somebody like uh, a Matt uh, uh, Hemmingson. Uh, along the defensive line because he played more than 200 snaps last year. Right. So somebody liked him. And for all the talk that, well, Vance Joseph's scheme is something that will have to be taught and absorbed, it, it is, from all I hear, identical to the scheme of uh, Ichiro Evero slash Vic Fangio. Yeah, well, there's I, no I, I don't big think difference. there's any significant difference. I, I, I agree. I don't think that there's some uh, clever mysteries uh, revolving Vance Joseph's defense, I think it's, it's running the same thing that uh, most NFL teams at this stage are are running, which is you're running the you know the two safety high, you're putting the shell on top of the uh, on top of the field, so you can't get beaten by quarterbacks who can slice and dice you you up, and especially hit you deep. The interesting thing about that, and we get into more of that as the as the season goes along, is that football is so cyclical, always has been. With a, a few exceptions, you have to win the line of scrimmage. And as we see teams kind of put the shell on top and, and hope that, you know, the, the Patrick Mahomes and the Joe Burrows of the world can't get over it, you're seeing those quarterbacks, by the way, uh, for the average distance of target last year went down from the year before. It is becoming more of a timing, and it has been for a while. This is not a, this has not been a, a recent change. It has been become more of a timing, dink, and dunk league. Get the ball to your receiver quickly. Let them do what they're doing. And that defense that the Broncos will use, and virtually every team will use, I think you have to be aware that 
the league is now fully aware of what you're trying to do, they're going to try to do something else. This is You're starting to see offenses do what we always say in sports, right? Take what, take what the defense gives you. And teams are more than happy last year to take, okay, we'll take four yards here and five yards here and six yards here. We, we don't need, we can just take our time and, uh, as you said, matriculate the ball down the field and go that way. And eventually we'll just wear your defense out. So the Broncos need to be aware of that. But again, that, that leads us to something that we've talked about that I think is a major, you talked about Van Henningsen. The Broncos pass rush has to be vastly improved. Remember, Baron Browning is going to be on the pup list. He is not ready. He's not going to be ready. Nick Benito is going to need to be a guy that I think one of those guys that has to step up. The Broncos have to find a way to get a pass rush, period. Because otherwise, they're going to be far too easy to throw on. If you're going to back guys like Justin Simmons off or Kareem Jackson, who I think you're right, is slowing down. Caden Stearns, also not entirely healthy. Teams are just going to nibble. And, and with the Broncos not having linebackers who can cover tight ends, at least no one on the middle in Jewel or Singleton, that's a problem. That there, there are there are flaws in this defense I agree that are with immediately you. evident. I agree with you. Unless the talent performs at a level that we haven't seen it do so before, and that's demonstrated ability. And again, demonstrated ability is something you show. You don't tell people, "Hey, I'm a confident guy." At least you don't tell Sean Payton that. Yeah, I'm no a confident guy. Yeah, Chris Harris told Vic Fangio, in essence, I'm a confident guy. And Vic Fangio's response was, show me. Don't tell me. Show me. Now, Vic Fangio wasn't given to memorable quotes. Just one. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't know if death by inches is a quote. Exactly. It's not a complete sentence. It was more of a description inches. of his coaching style. But, well, as it turned out. As it turned out. And he, of course, said that was a part of the Chicago Bears program when I was there. And I had no idea what he was talking about because the Bears had a good defense when he was there, coordinated by Vic Fangio. That made no sense to me. That he said, well, we lost in Chicago all the time, death by inches. They lost in Denver all the time, death by inches. And when he said that, I remember thinking, he'll find out soon enough. That one, this is another phrase or quote from Vic Fangio. Uh, in Chicago, we put band-aids on every problem. We, I can see this organization doesn't do that. This is exactly what the Broncos have been doing. It, it showed a remar- remarkable lack of awareness on what had preceded him in the three years before he got here. When they, they, yeah. they put a Band-Aid on everything. Everything was covered with a Band-Aid. Serious weaknesses. Ah, we'll put a Band-Aid on it. We'll draft Carlos Henderson. We'll draft Isaiah McKenzie. That'll solve our secondary issues, at least help us on special teams. Did neither. Did neither. Um, so, again, when Sean Payton says confidence derives from demonstrated ability, I wonder, apart from... Simmons and Sutan, who has established demonstrated ability. All these guys talk about how confident they are all the time, but they don't demonstrate much ability, largely because they are not available, availability, and reliable, reliability. 
Yes. The Broncos have none of that. This is what Sean Payton has preached for years. And I think, although he hasn't said it, from people who are familiar with some of the internal discussions around this team, Sean Payton really is a tell-me-don't-show-me guy. And he views availability as a big part of your ability, reliability as a big part of your ability. The Broncos, apart from two players on this football team, on this 90-man roster, have Zippo when it comes to availability, reliability, and provability. Uh, confidence yeah. deriving from demonstrated ability and uh, the ability to repeat and repeat and repeat successful action. Repetition is the mother of learning, says Sean Payton, but you've got to be healthy enough yep. and smart enough to benefit from continuing repetition. I just think there continues to be a huge gap between what I think this head coach says and actually means and what they have demonstrated to us previously, which is virtually nothing on the part of 88 of the 90 players who comprise the current roster. a lot of projection. That Here is, in Denver. That is Here absolutely true. People say, well, Russell Wilson was pretty good for a decade. Yeah, in Seattle. And he was one of the five worst quarterbacks in football last now, year. Now, at the same time, I look at Russell Wilson, and I think there is best days behind him. I do. Do I think what we saw last year is the new norm? I don't. Uh, be- because, again, you have a body of evidence of significant length showing something very different than we saw. So until proven otherwise. When he was doing, by his own account, exactly the opposite. Things he didn't necessarily want to do. what he wanted to do. Right. By his own account. Yes. And he was good. When he did it his way, he stunk. But he's not going to get to do it his way again. Su- well, We'll see. I think Sean Payton was we'll very see. clear about that. We'll see. The offensive coordinator was even clearer about it. He said, as if it remains to be seen, he's being told now and taught to do things he has never done before. Now that's he a, didn't that mean last year. He meant ever. And what, what ever? What do you think the Sean Payton is going to be asking? And he's an egomaniac. On top of those two, he is a rookie with Sean Payton. He's yes, never played Payton. for Sean Payton before. He says he wants to play. but That's the same thing as Conway. I'm a confident guy. I want to play for Sean Payton. Well, you haven't demonstrated the ability to play for Nathaniel Hackett, who let you do anything you wanted to do. You basically authored the game plan. coaching. And, and he's been resistant to coaching, which is why he was despised in Seattle precisely the reason he was despised in Seattle, particularly at the end by his offensive lineman who said, stop holding the goddamn ball. Well, let's be fair here. Let's be fair. When you're talking about Wilson's career prior to this, uh, he, he was obviously very good. And even if he was doing the things he didn't want to do, despite that, he was putting up very good numbers and winning a lot of football games. So well, even when you're yes, talking about... With a lot of help. Of course. More help than well, he 
tended to believe he That's was true, dead. but you know what? Every every NFL quarterback could say the same. Well, Rodgers says it all the time. The difference is Rodgers has won two MVP awards recently, and Wilson has won throughout his career zero MVP awards and hasn't even been now he's overlapped in consideration. His with Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. That's part of the equation. There are a bunch too. of other quarterbacks who got more serious MVP consideration than Russell Wilson ever did. I, I, I'm so, just okay, saying. I, I'm so just you, saying, you believe that, that I, Russell Wilson is, is is a bad quarterback and has always no, been a bad quarterback? No, no, I mean, I'm saying, saying, I'm saying that it doesn't add up. He couldn't wait to get out of Seattle. Right. And what got underplayed was Seattle couldn't wait to get rid of him. And to the extent that was mentioned, people said, oh, Seattle's crazy. Let Russ cook. Seattle only lets him throw the ball 30 times a game. When he gets to Denver, they'll open it up. Hackett's a genius offensive coordinator, although well, he never called a single play for that. Aaron Rodgers. Right. Well, yeah, but they you couldn't say that with a straight face last year, at least not around here, that Nathaniel Hackett was a fraud. At this time last not year, this time good last luck. Year. Good luck advancing that right. argument. Not at this time. Hey, Aaron Rodgers loves him. Right. So, well, yeah, I guess he didn't call the plays, but, boy, he was close to Aaron Rodgers. So if he and Aaron Rodgers collaborated at all, and Aaron Rodgers said he did with Nathaniel Hackett, and presumably liked Nathaniel Hackett quite a bit more than he liked his head coach, Matt LaFleur, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what do we see last year? Well, you, 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 I'll give you a... The, what do we see last year I, from I have Nathaniel to, Hackett? And I was like, well, yeah, boy, he never called any plays for Aaron Rodgers. Right. Last time he called plays was for Blake Bortles. And they did get to the Aaron Rodgers made Nathaniel Hackett right. a coaching ca- head coaching candidate. Correct. Well, Nathaniel Hackett didn't make Aaron Rodgers an MVP. Thoroughly honest time. about this. Nathaniel Hackett, Nathaniel Hackett's hire was bait, hoping that the Denver Broncos could land Aaron Rodgers. Let's be well, completely honest about that. I'm not so sure of that because the general manager is said, over and over and over again. You can say all sorts of things. He figured out Aaron Rodgers is never available to the Broncos. Russell Wilson was. Right. And if George Payton is any kind of general manager, he knew that. He knew that. He was in the NFC. And he said, I knew all along when Wilson was signed, I knew all along Rodgers was never going to be available to us. He wasn't a free agent. If he's accurate, and he wasn't, he's accurate. Then he, he didn't have the that... power to deal himself. Wilson, on the other hand, wanted out, and again underplayed if mentioned at all. Seattle wanted him out. Seattle thought Geno Smith would be a better quarterback, and they turned out to be right. Seattle turned out to be right all the way along, and Denver turned out to be wrong all the way along. There's nowhere to go but up for Russell Wilson. He can't be worse than he was last year. No. no. I, I mean, it is debatable as to whether Russell Wilson was better than Zach Wilson last year. Ooh, and wow. Zach Wilson will be it. lucky to make the Jets team this year. That's true. But based on uh, performance, when they uh, played head-to-head, Actually, Wilson was on the sidelines. He was hurt. The guy who never got hurt was hurt, and Mark Rippon played in place yeah, of him Brett that Rippen. day. Uh, I'm sorry, Brett Rippon. Yeah, yeah. Got you. Uh, 
played that day, and he and Zach Wilson were both bad that day, and the Jets won a 16-9 game that demonstrated clearly from start to finish how bad the quarterbacking was in that particular game. It was a 16-9 football game where there was one touchdown scored combined by, by both teams. I'm just saying Wilson last year, had a passer rating of 80 or higher. Well, let's put it at 90 or higher because that's the uh, the average in the league last year against uh, Seattle in the first game. In the fourth game, that's two. And... Then in the 10th game, that would be three. The 12th game, four. 13th game, five. And the last week of the season. So that's six out of 17 games. He had a quarterback, uh, a passer rating, I'm sorry, of 90 or higher. That isn't very good. 90 is actually slightly below average as a passer rating for NFL quarterbacks. So you're telling me this year it'll get to 10 or 12? I'll buy that. But, again, 90 is average, slightly below average. So who is Russell Wilson really? Sandy got him figured out. He's just a jump. We'll talk about it more next on Miley Sports. To the sounds of the silence that allows for my mind to run around with my ear up to the ground. I'm searching. I know it's a bad idea, but how can I help myself? This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Okay, Sandy, let's 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 go through this. Since Russell Wilson debuted in 2012. Looking over the course uh, of, of the history of the, the, the league and MVP voting at that time, and I'm looking at, you know, your, your first place votes, which was 50 votes, and that's what you end up with. And last year, Patrick Mahomes got 48 of those 50 first place votes. Jalen Hurts got one. Josh Allen got one. So what that means is since Wilson has come into the league, now he has yet to get to receive an MVP first place vote in his career. And, and I did mention that, you know, there are people overlapping with it. But he, here are the people who have, in, in no particular order. And I talked about Hertz, and I talked about Allen, who then got them last year. In 2021, you can add Cooper Cup to that. But then here are the other uh, the luminaries here. We ended up with that because in, in 2021, Cooper Cup did receive uh, a first-place vote. Otherwise, it was all Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers who ended up winning. 39 for Rodgers, 10 for Brady, 1 for Cup. Lamar Jackson, who won the MVP in 2019. Patrick Mahomes, who won in 2018 and 2022. Uh, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, who won in 2017. Uh, Todd Gurley, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, who, of course, won the MVP in 2016. Easy to forget that. Uh, Derek Carr has received one. Ezekiel Elliott, Dak Prescott, Cam Newton, of course, won the MVP in 2015 when the Broncos won the Super Bowl. Carson Palmer, Aaron Rodgers, wins in 2014-2021. J.J. Watt. Tony Romo, a lot of Cowboys. DeMarco Murray, Bobby Wagner, one of his teammates at the time with an MVP vote. Mm-hmm. Adrian Peterson, and of course Peyton Manning, who won it in 2013. 
So that's 22 players that have received first place votes in the last decade of football. Mm-hmm. And Russell Wilson is not one of them. Right. Despite the fact the quarterbacks, Jackson, Mahomes, Breeze, Brady, Wentz, Ryan, Carr, Prescott, Newton, Palmer, Rogers, and, and he's, Romo. He's been a better Manning. quarterback 13 than some of those guys. 13 of those. Than some of those guys. He's been a better quarterback. He's had a better career in all honesty and fairness. But apart from midseason in 2020, when I think if there had been a midseason MVP award, he would have gotten votes, as in first place votes. Yes, I agree with that. There is no midseason MVP award, though. There is not. And by the end of the season, no one was talking about Russell Wilson. Seriously, as an MVP candidate, in other words, oh, the team went no first place folks. Yeah. The, the, the team went bad, but he slipped a little. They, they now, were twelve and four the, that year. The, the the one point that I've conceded for for the past whatever uh, ten months is that no one anticipated the steep decline that Russell Wilson took last year. Not the Seahawks. Not uh, Wilson's most ardent critics on and off the field in Seattle. Nobody expected that level of decline, but there had been erosion in his game, however gradual, for about two years. And I, I say about two years because he missed some time in 21. The last half of 20 was not great. And by the end of 21, he was, he was playing a little better, and that may have given some encouragement. This is after the broken finger. Last two or three games, he played pretty well. Now, you go back and look at how important those games were, and, of course, Seattle did not make the playoffs, we know, in 2021. But... There, there was still a sense in the NFC West when he was traded that Seattle made a pretty good deal. Again, no one knew how good. Geno Smith was a lot better than anybody could have reasonably yes. expected him to be. Although I do, you and know, I Wilson think, was a lot worse. You don't look at, at, at Geno Smith, and I want to go overboard here. Uh, Geno Smith would have been one of those guys that at the halfway mark might have received MVPs, but not by the end of the year. Geno Smith was fine. Yeah. He was better than everyone yeah. expected of Geno Smith, but oh, he, wasn't, he wasn't Mahomes absolutely. or Aaron Rodgers. And he, if you're, he was okay. you're, you're talking about top 10 quarterbacks, uh, no, he's not one of them. Honorable mention, no, he's not one of them. Among quarterbacks getting votes, though, he did get at least one. He did get at least one. Mm-hmm. So pretty remarkable for a guy who had been considered at best a backup. In fact, he was the guy who played when Russell Wilson couldn't play in 2021 when he was out with a broken finger. And actually, Geno Smith played okay. Yeah. Not great. Okay. Uh, A backup who played like a good backup quarterback. And I think that in the three games, they won one and lost two, if I'm not mistaken. But... I think there is this sense that Sean Payton has a magic wand to wave, and Sean Payton himself has not said that. 
Sean Payton, through his actions, not his words, but his actions, has shown in being very aggressive and going after Jared Stidham, who's never struck anybody as a, a ball of fire, no. right? But he went to great lengths to lure Stidham away from the Raiders when Josh McDaniels had Stidham in New England. And presumably, and I'm not even saying presumably, has said he wanted very badly to keep him. They got outbid. Mm -hmm. Their guaranteed money here in Denver was more than the guaranteed money he was being offered by the Raiders, who had moved on from Derek Carr at the end of the year and started Jared Stidham. So all this is, is, is to make the point, I think a transformative leap that would take Wilson this year back to where he was in midseason of 2020 is unrealistic. When he was in his I, I early 30s, at his, at his okay, you left room for recovery. But in his mid-30s, I'm not so sure. Will there be improvement? Sure. He could hardly be worse. And he presumably will have a better team around him. Better line, better receivers. Better health for all those guys. Mm -hmm. Better tight end. If we think Dulcich will play more than he did last year. Right. And, you know, maybe Albert O is one of those guys who once and for all you either show us something or we're cutting you. Well, and I think that's, uh, that's where so he's anyway, at, quite frankly. The, but the yes. offense should be better. But when I did a little informal survey today uh, with some pretty hardcore Bronco fans, I asked the simple question, who is the best offensive player on the Broncos? Mm -hmm. And no one could really give me an answer without – Asking, well, do you mean among those who are healthy or that include Javante Williams? Can we count him? Right. Um, uh, you know, what about, you know, which Cortland Sutton are we talking about? As we discussed yesterday, mm -hmm. the Sutton of 1819 or the Sutton of 2122? Which one? If you tell me the answer to that, maybe Cortland Sutton's the guy. People had enormous difficulty accepting that Quinn Miners could possibly be their healthiest the and best yeah. offensive player. The combination right? of the two, according to the ESPN survey, that was exactly the guy. Uh, the only one receiving votes. So that part is uh, is intriguing to be sure. But I, I guess I still look at it, Sandy, and I think that uh, I understand that, that people are frustrated and justifiably so with Russell Wilson's performance. I understand that Russell Wilson's uh, perceived stubbornness as a player is what led to his eventual departure in Seattle and led to, let's face it, some teammates uh, kicking him when he was down last year. At the same time, I don't know if it's entirely fair. I, I think when you're talking about, a, we're not talking about an injury like Cortland Sutton had, right? An ACL where you know that that really impacts everything he does and can potentially do so for the rest of his career. Russell Wilson has had one injury in his career uh, prior to joining the Broncos, and it was a broken finger. Uh, he had a couple last year, including when he got concussed running the ball. But I think with most players, if we would have looked at, at the, the career numbers and then look at, at this year with a football team that we knew was extraordinarily poorly coached, kind of thrown together with an ownership situation that was totally up in the air and, and a guy that otherwise had nearly Hall of Fame numbers had a bad year. I don't think we'd look at it and say, that's it. 
I, I think I think you'd have to, and that's what I'm looking at. At this point, I think you have to look at it. I, you have to look at his age and the, and the decline that comes with age. But I think it, it's unfair at this point to not look at it and say, this is likely, given nine out of ten tries, this is likely anomalous until you see another one. Right. One, one is not a trend. One isn't I a trend. Know, but imagine trying to Nine make is a trend. trying to make any portion of this case that you're making a year ago. You wouldn't have had to. No. And now we're reduced to talking about whether a guy can be maybe a little bit above average. And you're like, one year in? Really? Well, he never played in Seattle when he was a 35-year-old quarterback. That's what he will be at one point. Sure. At some point this year, he will be a 35-year-old quarterback. The only guy on the list you mentioned who struck me as someone who appeared to be maybe not as bad as Wilson was last year, but during his last year with the Raiders, wasn't very good and turned with a new team from the beginning into something pretty special and had his best years, in fact, with the Arizona Cardinals. I'm thinking of Carson Palmer. Mm-hmm. He's the only one, though, right. in that group who really got better in his 30s when he was dealt from one bad team to another team that, frankly, didn't appear to be it didn't much like, better. It didn't appear to be if a any better at fit. all, right? And it turned out to be a great fit. Had a lot to do with coaching. Bruce Arians and Carson Palmer sang beautiful music together. They liked to do the same thing. No risk it, no biscuit. That was Carson Palmer's style. I dare say maybe Russell Wilson would have fared better had he come to a team coached by Bruce Arians as opposed to the team coached by Nathaniel Hackett. The thing about the Hackett deal, though, was... Hackett never coached Wilson for a second. He let Wilson right. do what Wilson wanted to do. Russell Wilson was his own coach last year. Heck, he had an office on the second floor of the facility. He called meetings of players every Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I guess he didn't have to show up, but a number of players thought the meetings were just weird. Weird not because Russell Wilson was weird per se, but because what the heck is any player doing with an office with an on the office. second floor tutoring the offense and all but developing game plans a day before the coach actually submits his game plan. And it appeared the twain never met last year. Wilson's idea of what the Broncos should do and Hackett's idea of what the Broncos should do, whatever that was, they didn't exactly seem to fit. And it became the obligation, apparently, the most important obligation Nathaniel Hackett thought he had as head coach was, reminds me of Rocky's managers through the years. Don't criticize Russell Wilson. Just as you don't criticize Dick Montfort if you're the manager of the Colorado Rockies. Well, what's the same situation? Ever. One of them has more power than you do. And in Russell Wilson's case, he did as well. We'll talk more about that, but I want to remind you, if you've been injured in a car accident or injured, you want to make sure you get yourself taken care of as quickly and as 
best as possible. To do that, you want to talk to our friends at Burnham Law. BurnhamLaw.com, the phone number 720-845-7001. Hire the winner. That's what they do. And they do it in the way that needs to get done. They'll get you your maximum settlement, whether it's by settlement or by trial, that they'll get you that recovery as quickly as possible. So don't hire someone off a billboard. Hire someone who gets the wins. Personal injuries attorneys with years of experience fighting for their clients, and they're easy to find. Fort Collins, Boulder, Westminster, Cherry Creek, Colorado Springs, even up north in Cheyenne, and right here where Miley Sports is in the DTC. So uh, don't find someone that maybe you just caught on TV or caught on a billboard or, or made a funny commercial. Go get the, the group that actually goes and gets wins for you. That's our friends at Burnham Law. BurnhamLaw.com, 720-845-7001. I don't disagree with anything you had said, Sandy, but the point about the office and Nathaniel Hackett, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn that on his ear a bit. I think that's the biggest reason to believe in a turnaround for Russell Wilson. I'll explain next on My Life Sports. They've forgiven my mistakes. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. Tell the world I'm coming. I'm back where I belong. Yeah, I never felt so strong. Dot com. Here's Sean and Sandy. Sandy, when I was a kid, my parents told me over and over again, don't put your hand on the stove, it's hot. You're going to burn yourself. Just trust us. We know what's best for you. Don't put your hand on the stove. The only time I actually believed it was when, of course, as most kids do, I actually went up and put my hand on the stove and burned my hand, right? Russell Wilson has been thinking that his way is the best way, despite the fact that he's had success when not doing it his way for most of his career. One of the reasons that I think he's in a position to bounce back is because he just put his hand on the stove. Nathaniel Hackett, by basically complete and total ambivalence regarding coaching him, allowed him to do whatever he wanted. And how'd it go? The worst year of his career, enough that a guy that most people believed for the most part, was slated probably to be a Hall of Famer or at bare minimum a close call, now to having that completely put at risk. So how'd it go? You know, burned my hand. My parents helped me get it all fixed up, but then they kind of reminded me, oh, we told you. I haven't put my hand on a burner since. Does he realize that? At, at least not uh, at least not intentionally. I do it all the time. I'm a terrible cook. But you the, realize that that was a bad idea. Here's the thing. I'm not sure he realizes he does. that he was bad. I last think year. he does. Because this Nothing is a guy that is conscious about his suggested. well, he's so overly conscious about his image. And I think with Russell Wilson, we have to realize uh, it's other teammates talking about it. It's and been the way his team whole career. just went five and twelve and you were the quarterback. Right. Well, whatever happened to a quarterback one loss record? I guess we forget about it when it's Russell Wilson. That it's the coach. But, who but lost here's the why I think it's important to think about this. Well, but here's the thing: people haven't forgotten about even it, though he Russell was Wilson. only around for. We 11. haven't forgotten this, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson around the league was the butt of jokes. He was a joke last year. I agree. Not in the metaphorical sense. People were making jokes. Ex teammates, other players, right. making jokes. I think with Russell Wilson, one of the things you have to understand with him, and it's been this way since he's been in the league, there is an artifice to everything he does publicly, period. To a certain extent, Russell Wilson publicly is an act. That's just that simple. It's an act. 
it's it's designed to uh, high knee high knee right. raises on, on, the, on the airplane one. overnight. Nobody's doing that. Uh, the problem is, he's writing a script to a movie, and the script to that movie isn't believable. Okay, that's the problem. Now, that's Russell Wilson's problem away from the football field, and it can have a factor if he really believes that but I don't believe, and I think you don't believe, that Russell Wilson was really doing high knee kicks all the way to London on the flight. So well, it's artificial, and he knows it's artificial. No, but what isn't artificial is his absolute determination to take no blame or responsibility or engage in self-criticism from all the considerable evidence we saw last year. Was there ever a time where Russell Wilson said words to the effect, if not, exactly these words, my play cost us the game. It did against Indianapolis, and it was really rather obvious that it did because the Broncos, in the context of the game, had a seemingly insurmountable lead until Russell Wilson threw a couple of picks, neither of which were Nathaniel Hackett's fault. They weren't bad play calls. They were bad throw. I get your they point. There's there's a little throws. bit of a Jay Cutler vibe that it was it was never my fault. Well, I, and not quite with as, respect not to quite Jay, as, Jay Cutler, Jay Cutler never had a year, at least not here in Denver. No. And I, I don't really think anywhere else that was as bad as Russell Wilson's year was last year. Now, Russell Wilson's a far better quarterback than Jay Cutler was at his best, which he generally was for a decade in Seattle. We don't forget about that entirely, but at the same time, if he were ever coachable or signs were there that he was coachable, it happened earlier in his career as opposed to later in his career. One of the reasons he was resented by defensive teammates in particular was because he was perceived as being the proverbial teacher's that Pete Carroll loved Russell Wilson. And though Pete Carroll knew or should have known more than anybody else that the defense was the strength of the Seahawks, the Legion of Boom. Sure. Russell Wilson was treated by Pete Carroll as if he were the team's biggest star. And other players resented that that's when Pete Carroll probably did have some influence on how Russell Wilson played and Russell Wilson accepted that but as the era of the Legion of Boom moved further and further away Russell Wilson became less willing to play the way he had played with some constraints, a little more conservatively in the early years of his career. And he butted heads with Pete Carroll, Mm -hmm. with whom he had maybe as recently as 2018, 2019, maybe 2020, had always got along perfectly well. There, There was no sense of friction. I know there were some pieces written last year that the Seahawks tried to trade Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson believed the Seahawks were trying to trade him. Who knows? The Seahawks denied it. Who knows whether that was true or not, 
But it wasn't until really the second half of 20 and 2021 that there were stories being written that Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson weren't getting along the way they used to. And they were kind of surprising stories because formerly he had been the teacher's pet. And I don't think it, at this point in his career, he's he's either fought against doing it somebody else's way. And, and even his offensive coordinators in, in Seattle, who he claimed in some cases to be quite fond of, weren't really getting through to him so, I mean, that with advancing age, he had to change the way he let's, played. Let's just, I mean, let's just let's ask, I mean, let's just, this is as straightforward as I can. You believe that Russell Wilson is simply unwilling to change the way he plays and, and the, if, if, I think it if, remains to be if, seen. If it's a disaster, he doesn't care. I, I, no, I'm not saying he doesn't care. It, and well, he, he has less room because it was easy for not only Russell Wilson implicitly, but others quite explicitly to blame almost all of Denver's problems last year on hack. It was an easy thing to do and not an incorrect thing to do. And there were those, myself included, of course, who thought that, you know, Wilson had his fair share of it. If it was a matter of blaming one or the other, maybe it was 55% Hackett and 45% Wilson. Yeah, uh, I never got probably the not a lot higher than that. But by the end of the year, especially once Hackett got fired, all of a sudden, Russell Wilson's main problem was that he had Nathaniel Hackett mm, as his head coach. See, I don't, I don't agree that, with that. That changed completely. I don't. And Russell Wilson, being as smart a person as he is, sensed that. And, of course, at that point, all the Sean Payton rumors began, and Russell Wilson had already suggested, again, according to reporting, that in Seattle he was in favor of the firing of Pete Carroll and the hiring of Sean Payton. Well, Pete Carroll is still coaching in Seattle, and Sean Payton isn't in New Orleans, but he isn't in Seattle, obviously. He's here in Denver. And... My reaction to all of Wilson's comments, favorable in every instance about Sean Payton, is be careful what you wish for and go back to what Sean Payton said at his initial press conference. We train in a certain way, we practice in a certain way, and we meet in a certain way. I thought the meeting reference was interesting because the Broncos met last year in a way that was unprecedented as far as I can tell, in the entire history of the NFL. Can you imagine George Hallis giving Sid Luckman right. influence Which is over his office? I think that's going to change. Because I think they've done it this way. It, it, oh, it, it'll it, change. It, but I mean, that's a point. It, it has been anom- this is does anomalous. He totally change his way well, of thinking. Well, I'll tell you what. There's no if evidence. If he doesn't, it won't be that. much of the Broncos' problems for long because Sean Payton is not bluffing and he will go to Jared Stedham. I agree. And if Russell Wilson doesn't say Russell that, Wilson has the first half on of the him. season. And I think it is very much an open question. And I just don't as think to how patient I just don't think Wilson's Peyton will that, be. I don't think Wilson's that dumb. Maybe that's what it boils down to. I don't well, think Wilson's that dumb. But he might stupid. be that selfish. I never said I said just a moment ago he's very smart. He he reads the room pretty well. And the minute Hackett was gone, all of a sudden 
any suggestion that Russell Wilson was a big, significant part of the problem. Remember all this talk, and you don't agree with it, and I don't agree with it, that, well, boy, you know, those last few games, especially after Hackett left, that, that Russell Wilson played his best football of the year. The evidence not really. does not Jerry back that Judy up. Did. In the last <laughs> in the last nine games of the season, Russell Wilson outplayed his counterpart three times. He outplayed Huntley in Baltimore. The Broncos lost the game ten to nine. He outplayed Mahomes. The next week, the Broncos lost the game 34-28. They were never really in the game. They were way behind. Mahomes got careless and threw a few interceptions that got Denver back in the game and killed his passer rating for the day. And the other time was the last game of the year in which it was basically an offensive free-for-all, and Wilson was slightly better by the end of the game than Justin Herbert had been, and the Broncos won a high-scoring game. That was the only one that, (laughs) that he outplayed his counterpart, and the Broncos won the game. In the last nine games of the season, it only happened one time that Wilson outplayed his counterpart and the Broncos won the game. We'll talk more about this and, of course, all the other things that affect the Broncos as they get to training camp. Rookies have reported. Veterans report on Tuesday, the first practice of the week from tomorrow that fans will be able to see. We'll break it all down with the Denver Gazette's Chris Thomason, who joins us next on Mile Sports. Some people cut too deep, hard to reach, never answer phone calls. It hurts less if they don't talk.